0: Welcome to the Community for Coaches podcast. I am your host, Alec Lemon. And today we're going to be tackling lesson three of module one. Um, Ryan and I are going to be digging into um, how we created our purpose statements, um, how they're affecting our coaching, and lots of other great stuff. So you are going to really enjoy this episode. And um, let us know what you think after you've checked it out. Give us some feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Enjoy. All right, I've got Ryan Kraskowski here on the Community for Coaches podcast. We're getting ready to tackle um, Module One, Lesson Three um, today. Uh, Ryan, how are you doing? How's it going? I'm doing great. Glad to be here. How ready was? Ready to go. Ready to go. Um, What's coaching been like this week? What's been going on?
1: So I'm coaching a group of sixth grade boys on a a youth football team. And we actually uh, had a fantastic weekend. The boys won their first game. Um, Well, they won the first win. It was their third game of the year, but the first one that they won. Um, And so I was happy for them that they got to win a game. But even more so, I was really, really proud of them uh, because the way the game unfolded, they fell behind by a couple of scores. And they just kept believing and kept believing and uh, and, and kept playing hard and persevered. And so, uh, and they ended up coming out on top, you know, scored a couple of touchdowns in the last few minutes, which is cool. Um, but like I said, more importantly, they got to see perseverance pay off tangibly. And so we talk about never give up, never give up, never give up. And, you know, sometimes you never give up, but you lose anyway. But these kids got to see, they really did get to see that, uh, that that effort and that belief, um, you know, pay off in a way that, that was, um, that was a lot of fun for them. And so I got to, you know, and I enjoyed the looks on their faces and, and all of that. And and they know you're not going to win every game. Obviously, they've lost a couple already. But um, yeah, it was a cool experience and really glad for those kids.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Good stuff. Um, well, let's get into the lesson here. Let's do um, it. So this week, um, you ta- well last week, rather, um, you talked about how um, – coaches are either going to be a part of the problem or part of the solution and they kind of have to pick. Um, so and the first step you kind of give in this lesson is, Hey, if you want to be a part of the solution, you need to build a purpose statement. Well,
1: why do you say that? Well, it's kind of the old thing. If you, if you don't have a target, it's impossible to hit it. Right. And so when we say you're either going to be part of the problem or part of the solution and you have to pick, if you don't pick, then you've picked to be part of the problem, quite honestly. Um, and that doesn't mean you're a terrible person or even a bad coach. It just means that you are not being as intentional and as effective right. as you can be at using sports as a tool to change
0: lives. If you don't have the, the the intention of, hey, I really see the problems that exist and the solutions we need to start working towards, then you're not going to just by chance, you know fix the problem that you haven't identified well, and then you haven't tried to yeah. work on.
1: And like I said, you're probably a pretty good person who's doing a lot of really good things. You're just not being as effective as in, or as intentional as you could be. And therefore, you know, it's, it's just not, it's not, it might, it might be good. It might be okay. It's not going to be great. Um, right. And you and I have both experienced that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. In previous lessons, you wrote about how the primary reason for coaching was, um, the satisfaction you got from winning games, winning championships. Um, And the problem wasn't kind of your external behavior, but it was going, what was going on inside. So what was going on, going on inside of you that was a problem or, or an issue that, you know, people wouldn't know just from looking at you from the outside.
1: Yeah. And the biggest thing about that was my primary reason for coaching was me. I wanted to accomplish things. I wanted to experience things, um, and yeah, I was a pretty good guy that wanted good things for the kids I was working with, but my number one priority was me. And anytime you're working with other people, particularly if those young other people are young children, um, or children of any age, uh, and 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 my priority is myself, I've got it backwards, right? When I'm coaching kids, they need to be my number one priority, and any satisfaction or you know good experiences that I that I derive from from being a part of that deal. I mean, those are good. Those are, those are wonderful. Um, but they can't be my primary reason for being there. The impact that I'm having on the lives of those kids and the things that I'm teaching them and showing them and what I want for them both in the present and down the road in the future, that has to be my number one priority. And I, I just had it backwards, and I didn't even know it. I had never really thought about it.
0: Hmm. What do you think kind of helped you come to that place of better self-awareness or awareness of the environment you were working in
1: well there are are a couple of things that I'll point to number one was I had terrific mentors as a young coach even as I was coaching primarily for me I was part of a staff that was just absolutely um, I can't even begin to tell you the the impact that working with that group of men had on me um, because I was part of a group that was committed to using sports as a tool to change lives Um, but what took it to another level for me personally was when I was challenged with the simple, simple question. Why do you coach? And I was actually Mm. asked that question uh, as a result of reading Inside Out Coaching by Joe Ehrman. He poses the question, why do you coach? And I had never really thought about it. I mean, I I would have imagined that I had a pretty good answer to that question. But as I really began to unpack, um, you know, my reasons for coaching, I realized I don't have a well thought out reason for coaching that is others focused. And so I was I came to a place where I realized, you know what, I need to develop that. I need to build mm-hmm. that. And, yeah. and I believe that as I did build that, that it would begin to transform the way that I viewed the entire coaching experience and it would transform the impact I was having on the lives of kids. Cause as I mentioned a few times now, I was a pretty good guy who was doing good things. Most of the kids I coached would tell you that they liked me. Most of the kids I coached would tell you that, you know, I, I did good things for them. Um, It just wasn't as good as it could have been.
0: Hmm. So you talk about how it changes, having a purpose statement changes your lens. Um, So talk about that a little bit more. What does that really mean that it changes your lens? Like as a coach, how, talk about that.
1: Yeah, the purpose statement, it really, it serves as a lens or, or another analogy might be as a filter. Every single thought, conversation, decision, practice plan, interaction, email, everything that I do in my role as a coach. And there's a lot of different responsibilities that go into coaching, but every single one of those now is channeled through this filter. That is my purpose statement. And just to hit the high points of my purpose statement, I know we'll dig into this a little bit more down the road, but, um, you know, I coach to help young people develop a love for sport and a love for others. And so now every decision I make, I ask myself, is this helping to facilitate a love for the sport and a love for others? Um, that becomes the lens through which I view my role as a coach. And that has made an incredible difference, um, -hmm. for me. And also, you know, um, the feedback I get from people, from kids, from their parents, uh, from other coaches, I I know that, I know that having that purpose statement to use as that lens or filter or whatever you want to call it has really made a huge
0: difference. So a quote that comes to mind as you talk is from C.S. Lewis. He says, you can't get second things through putting second things first. You have to put first things first, and then you can get second things second, basically. Um, and as I think about what you're saying, what you're, when you're making a purpose statement, it's, it seems like you're essentially saying and defining, these are the first things these are what are going to be first in my life. You're making very clear priorities on what's important and then letting kind of the chips fall where they may after that kind of in the sports experience. Is that ring true to what you're kind of yeah, saying? Yeah,
1: yeah, I think that's I think that's a, a pretty good Lewis is a little bit too smart for me sometimes but <laughs> um but yeah, that idea that we're going to focus on on what are you know, what what are our number one you know, or our top priorities, I guess is a good way to say it. What are our top priorities? And let's focus on those. And yeah, there will probably be some other good things that come along as a result, like perhaps winning games
0: and championships. Sure. Like we'll talk about that. So your what's your purpose statement? And then how has that affected all of your coaching?
1: So again, my purpose statement, I coach to help young people develop a love for sport and a love for others that will steer them toward becoming someone who will change the world for good. Now, So that's your first thing. That's what I'm focused on. That's what I'm driving toward. I want to help young people develop a love for sport and a love for others. Now, if you want to talk about winning or or whatever, uh, I think winning is a lot of fun. I think winning is a a worthy goal. Uh, I want to help young kids win. It doesn't matter to me personally as much as it used to. Because boy, right. it mattered a lot at the beginning because I needed to validate myself as a coach and even just as a human being through helping young people, you know, defeat other young people in a game of whatever. And <laughs> when you put it that way, it sounds like it sounds absurd. But anyhow, uh, the winning is still fun. I'd, if you give me a choice between winning and losing, I'll, I'll choose winning every time, um, pretty much. But the winning now become the, the winning becomes a byproduct of the success that we're having in those areas that we've designated as our top priority because you you tell me that you're working with a group of young people and you want them to develop a love for the sport and a love for others tell me how that makes them less likely to win tell me how that impedes their opportunity to become the very best players on the very best team that they're capable of becoming it doesn't it feeds into it it supports it you give me kids that love to play the game that they're playing and love the people that they're you know playing you it mean, with yeah. of course they're going to play at their top level you know more often than not. Um, much more so than if you know if my goal is to grind kids into the ground and just try to squeeze out wins that's that that might work for a little while but you're eventually going to burn them out and they'll figure out this person doesn't really care about me this person cares about winning games because it makes them feel better about himself
0: right human humans really like motivation is massive especially in sports and when you prioritize winning man that once people figure out that they are the second priority, it really kills motivation. Because I think we know people are more important than money. People are more important than winning. And when we flip that and we make people secondary, it it destroys motivation.
1: Yeah, it destroys motivation. It is demoralizing right. when you figure
0: out. It's dehumanizing. It really is. To, to basically be put in a situation where hey, you're not as important as this plastic trophy we're going to win at the end of this tournament. Yeah. It's, it's very demoralizing. And, and people aren't going to work hard for that. And we're not going to get the best out of people when, when that's the goal.
1: You know, and it's funny because in all our talk about coaching with purpose and using sports to change lives, and I know there are people out there that hear that and, and the cynical side comes out and they think, oh, this is just soft loser
0: talk. And they're, I'm, I'm sorry, they're, they're wrong. Yeah. It, it's just they're, they're wrong. You win more when people are motivated, when they're excited to come to practice, when you've built strong relationships no. with their teammates, with their coach. Their motivation is going to be higher. When someone's motivation is higher, they are far more likely to be successful. Well,
1: they're going to work harder. They're going to play harder. They're going to achieve at a higher level. It's just that's that's what people will do. When people figure out that they are loved and cared for, they are going to do all of those things now, you may or may not win a championship. The ball may or may not bounce mm-hmm. your way. You may or may not get the call. Nobody's guaranteeing you a state title or whatever. Right. But the reality is that you want to have a team that plays to it you know to its highest level consistently. yeah,
0: far more. Coach the person talk about talk about what you think your purpose statement, writing it out. how has that impacted um the experience of the parents and the kids maybe. What's the feedback you've gotten so far,
1: yeah, and I even reference this in the lesson the, the feedback i mean it, it it goes back to the very first team I coached since developing the purpose statement. The feedback I got from parents was like nothing i'd ever experienced before i had I had gotten you know fairly good feedback when I got it from from you know parents in my early years of coaching i guess and and from the players and all but um I had never had parents take the time to pull me aside and have conversations, you know, to say, you know, thank you for coaching this team. My son and this this particular team I'm talking about was a like a ten-year-old baseball team. You know, I had to drag my son kicking and screaming to to sign up for this team, and now he can't get enough playing baseball. Hmm. You know? And and those types of comments, those types of conversations, um, it is it's satisfying it's gratifying because you know that was the first line of my purpose statement i want to help young people develop a love for the sport and so to take a kid that didn't even want to play the game who got you know talked into it by his dad who said okay i want you to give this one more try and then then you can hang it up forever and now the kid can't get enough that is man that's exactly what i'm going for Um, i don't want 10 year old kids to quit playing baseball i don't want 12-year-old kids to give up playing soccer. I want them to keep playing and keep playing as long as they possibly can, as long as they're enjoying it. And I want to give them an avenue, you know, in which to enjoy it.
0: The crazy thing is that the, the players that tend to go on and play professionally and, and go to the highest level, they're the players that genuinely love the game. And so for a coach to say, hey, my, my goal is to give them a love for the game – that is not a small thing. That's that's giving them the potential if they have the potential, to probably go to the very highest level if that's something they really want. You know, it's not a small a small thing to do to give them a, a real love for the game. So now, Alec, I'm
1: going to turn things around on you a little bit. and I'm going to I'm going to be asking the questions here for a moment. Um, you know, because you and I have both walked through this this process of creating the purpose statement and this was many years ago for both of us and we have both had these types of experience where we were coaching without it and it was pretty good but now we've been coaching with it for quite a while and so i wanted to just ask you to maybe dig in a little bit get into some specifics about creating the purpose statements and so talking about the questions that that we walk through as we are developing that, that one sentence answer to the question, why do I coach? If you would, maybe just talk through, you know, maybe what those questions are and I can throw them at you if you'd like.
0: Um, but then how you yeah. walk through that process. Yeah. So for me, when one of the first steps I did in thinking through my coaching purpose statement was think through my coaching history. And that includes both what I've done, but also how other coaches have impacted me. And what I noticed when I went through back in my history was I found coaches that were really good at the soccer side of coaching because I played soccer, um, but they weren't that great kind of on the relational side. And then I saw coaches that were good at the relational side and built relationships with us, and, and it was apparent that they cared about us as people. But sometimes they really weren't that good at the X's and O's. And so, for me, what I wanted to do is say, "Man, it would be great if we could do both. It would be great if we could pursue excellence in 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 how we coach and how we play the game, and try to be as good as possible at the X's nose, and, and also build strong relationships." And a lot of times, it feels like it's either or: either we've got to be a prioritize the kids, or we're going to prioritize winning and being excellent. You know, and I think those two. You can have both, but they will push back and forth against each other a little bit. There is kind of a, a push-pull that happens, but you can have both. And so for me, the, the kind of the core values, one of the questions is, what are, the, what are my core values as a person? Um, so excellence and strength were two things that were important to me, and um, mercy and grace. So in relationships, having mercy and grace for people, having that ability to, to listen to people, but also pushing people. Um, that's really important as well. So um, so what were some of the other questions you, walk, you walked through as you were creating your
1: purpose statement? You've mentioned that first one, what were your core values? So what were some of the other things that you were thinking about as you were going through that process of creating the purpose statement?
0: Well, I think I had to think about, you know, one of the questions in the lesson is why did you get into coaching? And for me um, – when I thought about what I wanted to accomplish in my life, I wanted to make the biggest possible impact on people because I think people are, you know, incredibly valuable, so valuable. And, um, we need to invest in them in order for, for people to reach their potential. And so I wanted to be in a type of work where I could maximize my impact on people. And I think coaches, have the potential to have a massive impact on how people think about the world, how people lead, how people build their personal values in their life through how they compete in sports. They build sort of a framework and a philosophy of life. And so I wanted to be in coaching to maximize impact on people's lives.
1: And so as you're maximizing your impact on people's lives, that would lead into another question that I think naturally flows from that, which is, as a result of being coached by me what are these kids going to become what are they going to become both in the short and long term you know as they're you know as they're still children but then also you know years from now as they Mm -hmm. transition into
0: adulthood and all the different roles and responsibilities that go along with that so was that something that you gave some thought to as well so my purpose statement is i coach to inspire kids to become men and women of excellence and strength that lead others with mercy and grace and so those are the type of leaders I think we need in our society. People that use their excellence and their strength. So through excellence and strength, they kind of rise into leadership roles and they rise into places of influence. And then with that place of influence and place of leadership, they are not kind of these dominant kind of bully other people personalities, but they are um, full of mercy and grace, that they lead with a sense of um, people being important and treating people really well. And so I think if we can raise up more leaders like that in our society, um, it would be better for everyone. It would make a a much better world.
1: So how have you seen that since you've developed that purpose statement? Now we're going back, what, about six, seven years, something Mm -hmm. like that. What uh, maybe, I don't know if you even have a story or, or something like that that you want to... Um, you know, share here uh, that would that would illustrate how having that purpose statement has. I don't know how, how has that made a difference, uh, mm-hmm. either how you view the coaching role or you know something tangible that you've seen in the life of a kid, or I don't know. Take that however
0: however you want. Sure. Um, so I mean, well I can give kind of a just so that you don't think that I'm perfect and do everything right all the time. This last weekend um, <laughs> I had a tournament. And um a kid named Wyatt was was um actually the MVP. Uh he did a great job. But the backstory to that is the week couple weeks before, he's brand new to the team and I put him in the game and he he looked a little lost. He was kind of just walking around and I just yelled at him. I'm like, Wyatt, you're not even giving me 50% effort. Let's go. And he just started, he just was walking slowly and then he just stopped and then he just started crying and then he just stood there. And so I didn't really have anything to do other than like, okay, I guess I got to go out there and get this kid and bring him off the field. And so I brought him off. I set him on the bench and obviously not my best moment. It's kind of embarrassing to yell at a kid and then have him cry standing in the middle of the field and have to go walk out there. And everyone's like, who is this coach who's screaming at his kids? And this kid's what, about nine years old? He's nine. Yeah. He's nine. So um, not my best moment. So I started talking to him a little bit. I was like, all right, get some water, what's going on? And he's like, I just don't like it when people yell at me. And I'm like, okay, sorry, buddy. You know, I was like, hey, can you can you give me another chance? You know, and so um I asked him, like, well, what's what were you feeling when this happened? Like, what was going on in your mind? And he was like, "Well, on my other team, my coach would always yell at me, and that's why I quit. And that's why I came to Toka so I could play for a team where the coach doesn't yell at me. And now it's happening again. And I was like oh wow, okay.' So basically, this was not the way to motivate this kid because mm-hmm. this kid's been yelled at his whole, you know, or significant part of his sports career so far. He's been yelled at, and it's." It's traumatizing for him. You know, it's like it's a flashback. So I basically had to figure out a different way to approach coaching him. And thankfully, you know, over the last couple of weeks, I had a conversation with his parents. I apologized to them for for being too harsh. They kind of explained the backstory to me. So I kind of understood what was going on. (laughs) And then I was able to just kind of adjust my coaching a little bit. And so it was it was exciting this week to see him get picked as the MVP of the tournament um, because I was worried he was just going to quit completely, you know. And now his, he's doing great. And so I, it taught me a lot of things. Um, but really, in a sense, my purpose statement helped guide that because my purpose statement said, hey, you need to push kids towards excellence. So I did that. I yelled at the kid because I'm thinking we need to be excellent. We don't need to be walking around. But then the mercy and grace taught, showed me, gave me guidance in that moment to say like, okay, maybe I pushed a little too hard. So Or pushed in the wrong way. Or pushed in the wrong way. So now I need to step back and figure out what's really going on here. I've got to relate with this kid on an emotional level and understand because he's being emotional. I need to empathize with that and understand that. And then once I understood where the trauma had kind of happened and what was going on, I was able to coach in a different way. So when I needed to yell at Wyatt, I pull him all the way over the sideline and I whisper in his ear so no one else can hear because he doesn't handle it well when he's humiliated in front of everyone else through, you know, the coach yelling at him. And he's he's nine years old. He's nine years old and he can handle criticism, but he wanted it in a, in a environment where it wasn't embarrassing to him. You know? And so But I don't think I would have naturally done that had I not had years of my purpose statement helping me think through these scenarios. And I don't do it perfect, of course. Like it could have gone, you know, if if Wyatt hadn't have been um, responsive or his parents hadn't been understanding, it could have just exploded and that would have been the end of it. You know, but mm-hmm. they were willing to adjust, I was willing to adjust, and we were able to actually really improve the situation. And that came from having the lens and the filter of a purpose statement. Yeah,
1: you used an interesting word here just a, a minute ago, backstory, um, and this might be something of a of a tangent, but you know when when we have an athlete who is not not performing. Nobody gets out of bed and says, you know, no child gets out of bed and says, hey, I'm going to go play sports today and I'm really going to give a crummy effort and really underperform and, and just do a terrible job. Um, and so when they end up doing that, there's there's usually a story there. And that doesn't mean we have time to sit everybody down and hold everybody's hand and, and unpack every single, you know, thought, feeling and, and you know, and whatever. But it, it does help.
0: That took me, that conversation was less than three or four minutes. Yeah. It was.
1: And And – but it's just—it's a level of awareness to realize that this kid is not playing poorly. This kid is not playing in a lazy way because he's a lazy kid who wants to be lazy. There's something else going on here, and that's something for me that has been—you know—it might even seem obvious, but that's something that for me, as a as a coach, as a, as an educator, you know, this idea that you know when kids are doing a a lousy job mm-hmm. or being lazy it's not because they're crummy, lazy kids. It's because there's something else going on here quite often. And so just even being aware, even if I don't have time to figure out exactly what it is, just being aware of that and handling it, maybe a little bit more sensitively than, than just screaming at them and telling them to quit being a lazy bum is so much more effective. um, And we can, you know, and then we can have an opportunity, you know,
0: well, yeah. Why, why was it lazy in the, in the tournament this weekend and in the, you know a couple of games before after we kind of had a little bit of a turned over a new leaf he literally was the hardest working kid on the field yeah he just wasn't sure what to do and he was a little bit anxious because i was i i talk to kids i i get on kids in games and that was kind of shutting him down you know yeah. i was yeah. shutting him down and so once i stopped shutting him down he was able to kind of you know come out of his shell yeah what kind of Final thoughts do you have for a coach who is a little bit skeptical about the importance of a purpose statement? What what quick kind of thoughts would you say to say, you know what, you need to give this a shot and yeah. here's why?
1: Here's why. There's There's no downside. There's absolutely zero downside. The worst thing that could happen is you go through the process of defining your purpose and maybe you find, oh, I was already doing an amazing job and this is, you know this purpose statement hasn't really taken it taken it to another level that's the worst thing that can happen it's certainly not going to make you you know a worse coach to uh, to define your purpose and and think through these things and and to walk through this exercise um, so in, in a sense what do you have to lose but in a very also in a real sense you know you've got example after example of coaches who have walked this journey who have said yeah i'm a i'm a pretty good coach probably But, man, I really want to maximize my impact Mm -hmm. on the lives of young people. And having that purpose statement has been the number one tool uh, that I've been able to use to really help drive that. And so if that's where you see yourself, and, man, I hope that it is, we hope that it is, um, I can just about guarantee you that you will make significant progress toward that goal um, by defining your purpose.
0: Mm -hmm. I think also one of the most valuable things you can gain from a purpose statement is – you can increase your authenticity and your consistency. Because I think that's one of the things that gains the most respect among your players and your families or your parents is when you are consistent and authentic. And when you have a very clear purpose statement where you've articulated what is the most important priorities in your coaching, it'll help you to be consistent and authentic. And those, you can't really put a dollar amount on how valuable that is hmm. because that is an incredibly powerful currency as a leader. Yeah, It's consistency and authenticity. And so there isn't a person who's listening to this that can say, oh, I don't need to be more consistent. I don't need to be more authentic. Like, I already am the, to the max Nobody is that. Everyone can improve their consistency and authenticity, and this will absolutely help you do that. Yeah. So. There you go. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Um, We're looking forward to continuing to share these lessons with you. We'd love to hear your feedback. If you've got thoughts, feedback, send us an email. Check us out um, at www.communityforcoaches.org. Send us an email. Let us know what's going on, and we look forward to hearing from you. Thank you. Thanks. See you later.